As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, we're so pleased to welcome Greg Corliss and Mike Krajewski. Greg and Mike are both managing directors in KPMG's Digital Lighthouse. Would the two of you do us the favor of introducing yourselves to our listeners today? Absolutely. Thank you. Greg Corliss, Managing Director based out of Atlanta, Georgia, part of our Emerging Technologies Group within Digital Lighthouse of KPMG. For the last nine, ten years, we've really been focused on Internet of Things as well as private networks for a lot of our clients. So really looking forward to this conversation and sharing our insights on uh, IoT and private networks in the healthcare industry. I'm Mike Krajewski. I work on the same emerging technologies team that Greg described, and I've been with the firm for about 12 years, and throughout that time, I've always been highly fascinated on how new technology could better serve our lives and, most importantly, save lives, whether that is autonomous vehicles reducing unnecessary traffic fatalities or using connected medical devices to achieve better patient outcomes. This is where I believe that tech will have the longest-lasting impact in our society, and 5G in healthcare is a great example of the benefits that are ahead of us. Well, thank you both for being here. We're so glad to have you with us. So in response to COVID-19, tents went up and healthcare workers were quickly deployed, often without the connected healthcare data needed to be able to effectively triage and treat patients. Many of our healthcare clients told us that they were not prepared for COVID-19 and didn't have the technology needed to communicate effectively and to deliver care remotely, along with functioning at the speed that the pandemic required. Enter, pop-up, digitize, secure, and mobile private technology networks that work to modernize and transform emergency responses. And that's what we'll be talking with you about today. Mike, let's start with you. Can you help give us a visual of what a pop-up medical campus might look like? Certainly, and we'll even start with giving a little bit of background on why that pop-up medical campus was so difficult to achieve. And really it's because healthcare systems have always been challenged with how to rapidly deploy standardized technology across a variety of locations. Whether or not it's the constant M&A activity in healthcare where separate health systems are suddenly combined, or the expansion of ambulatory care facilities that now are an extension of a larger health system. It's always been a challenge on how to build a technology network that has the agility to grow quickly across these facilities as they grow and contract. And today's technology, that really hasn't been possible. And that's why these types of network integrations have historically taken years to complete. Most recently, we were faced with the incredibly severe challenges early stages of the pandemic where the healthcare systems, as you said, had to expand their bed capacity in a matter of weeks, not years. And what we witnessed was nothing short of a heroic effort to get this done. In many cities, the Army Corps of Engineers has brought in to help build these pop-up medical campuses, which were you know, literally creating thousands of beds in places like parking lots and convention centers and even hotel facilities, things of that nature. This real feat between some of the best engineers in the world as well as the healthcare systems because the healthcare systems had to then deploy all the appropriate equipment and devices that are required to care for the patients. And with that comes the networks and the data to make all that possible. 
And that's where a real challenge was faced, where the ability to extend a hospital network into a parking lot or a convention center was very difficult. And this medical equipment wasn't exactly made to be portable at times. So this was really the perfect case for how 5G can make this more efficient in the future. We heard from some of our clients that they were literally stringing fiber and Cat5 with poles across street and parking lots to be able to reach the network there or having to stand up new networks and find different ways to port data over at a later point in time, which wasn't very efficient in the long run, but necessary to achieve the outcome. That's why we're huge proponents that 5G can offer this scalability and flexibility of a network without heavy reliance on the physical infrastructure that they had to deploy to these little pop-up medical campuses. That is fascinating insight, and even in your description, I can just imagine you paint an incredible picture of some of what we're seeing on the ground. Greg, I'm wanting to bring you into the conversation. In addition to COVID-19 and the opportunities that we've seen there, can you give some other examples of when a small private healthcare network might be required? I think there's a lot of nuances between as we talk about private networks. Private networks could mean multiple things. Mike had mentioned 5G on multiple occasions, but 5G, in a lot of cases right now, people are thinking about 5G, but they're thinking about it from a consumer standpoint. You know, what's my latest mobile device? Can I stream faster across the 5G network? But really, 5G was primarily designed for the enterprise. A lot of the use cases that it's been designed for, the high bandwidth, the ultra-low latency capabilities that Mike mentioned a little bit earlier around autonomous vehicles, that type of thing, it was really designed for that purpose, connecting millions of devices within a, in a very short location or short span of distance is really enabled through that 5G or even an LTE network in some cases. I think from a uh, healthcare standpoint, healthcare is it's on the precipice of a major transformation from a digital technology standpoint. As healthcare providers are trying to digitize more and more parts of their healthcare business, improve hospital operations as well as patient care. The private network actually gives the healthcare providers a lot more flexibility. If I can get away from wire networks or even Wi-Fi networks that are, are traditionally unreliable, right? you get too many people connected to a Wi-Fi network and run out of bandwidth, you won't have those same issues with a private LTE and a private 5G network across that campus. So I can connect millions of devices that are providing new insights into my patient monitoring monitor the health in the facility as they traverse throughout the facility and start streaming high bandwidth data across that network as well. So if I want to see real-time MRI pictures stream right to the doctor while they're sitting in with the patient in the hotel room, all of that's going to be enabled through that private network capability. Then Mike also mentioned as you start thinking about expanding outside of the actual hospital campus, and how does that touch into first responders? So when I create these networks that apply to the first responder, if they're in a disaster recovery location, can I pop up a private network very quickly for secure and reliable communications for the first responders on the ground, and then to communicate back to the hospital campuses as well. So there's many, many use cases that'll be enabled through this technology. And healthcare providers really need to start thinking through that as part of their strategy and what it's going to mean for their organizations going forward. Mike, I'm curious if you'll want to take this next question, just even based on your introduction and your passion for this topic. Healthcare has always involved the intersection of both human judgment and scientific data. So talk to us about other technologies that play a role in private networks and the ways that they play that role. 
I think there's, there's two real use cases that are emerging that combine all sorts of emerging technologies but could be really enhanced and empowered by private networks. And the first is a concept that we like to call the digital front door. And this is really focused on bringing a high-touch digital experience that grants access to care resources wherever most convenient for the patients. This includes a greater degree of usage of telemedicine for screening patients and lower-risk appointments, integrating things like scheduling and delivery of test results, is also offering helpful notifications and reminders all in a single place, which really allows the patient to be more engaged in their own care and allow them to kind of cut through some of the complexity of arranging care and getting results and all those things that are often disparate sources and rely you to wait in the phone and manage through lines, et cetera. If we can make that a digital experience, you there being tremendous benefit to the patient as well as the operations of the healthcare system. And, and private networks are a big part of this because it allows that data to transmit freely throughout these different digital stops. It allows things like AI and advanced analytics and even like IoT in form of like wearables and whatnot for patients to be able to all have access to high-speed data and latency to bring it all together to make that digital experience possible. The second that I'll comment on is really just advancements towards precision medicine. From a historical perspective, we used to be in this world where we were doing one-size-fits-all medicine, right, where you really had three outcomes, whether it either worked for you, there was no benefit, or it had an adverse benefit. We weren't very good at, at stratifying delivery and care techniques. And, you know, over time, we've learned from that, and we moved into stratified medicine, where patients are grouped by disease subtypes, risk profiles, demographics, other social economic influences, and we can deliver care in different ways depending on who you are. But really the ultimate goal is to move to what we call precision medicine, which we're getting much closer to today. And this is where you can take data from your genetics, your lifestyle preferences, your health history, real-time vital signs and other records, bring all that together and create a care plan that is very unique to you as an individual. And again, the ability of private networks to move all that data and to bring those sources of information together that allows a clinician to deliver that new form of precision care is incredibly enticing. Thanks so much, Mike. My head is already spinning as an interviewer and as a potential consumer in the future of this kind of precision medicine. So, Greg, talk to us about the features and benefits of 5G and also the security aspect, because I feel like for a lot of our listeners, that is going to be an issue that comes up as they listen to the opportunities. The other side is going to be the challenges. So can you speak to that for a little bit? Oh, I have to be honest. I had to look up the word stratified that Mike used to make sure I understood the exact context there. But as we talk about 5G and the advantages that it's going to bring, I think I mentioned already that 5G, think about it from a consumer standpoint as an example, you know, where it might take me four minutes to download a, a six gigabyte video to my phone on the 5G network, it's going to take about four seconds. So you've got to imagine the increased capacity that that's actually going to provide for healthcare providers. And you think about also, you know, wearable technologies that Mike mentioned. One of the biggest challenges with some of those wearable technologies, you have to charge those every single evening. In a healthcare environment, if I'm putting on these wearables onto a patient, I don't want to have to swap out the battery every single evening and make sure things are charged. 
way 5G in the network utilizes energy, it actually extends the battery to life considerably. So you may be able to have a wearable that the patient is wearing that may last a full week or even longer potentially, depending on how much data it's actually transmitting across the network. And then the ultra low latency capability that comes along with 5G as well, it's a tremendous revolution, not just for healthcare, but for most industries. But if you think about it from a healthcare perspective, there's a lot of discussion, and this is probably a little bit further out there, around remote patient surgery. So think about somebody who's in the hospital that needs a heart bypass and there's no doctors available that are 100% certified. Can I conduct that surgery from a totally different location as a surgeon and using robotics along with that ultra low latency, high speed capability? So those are a couple of use cases where 5G starts to, again, transform the healthcare capabilities that are available for patient care today. And then in addition to the security aspects that 5G and even private LTE networks actually provide over existing, say, Wi-Fi networks or wired networks, I have the ability to slice and dice this network and create segments. So within a healthcare hospital, I had an IoT network. I had a remote patient monitor network, even a remote surgery network. I could separate those and change the quality of service so I didn't have a degradation of service like I traditionally do with the Wi-Fi network. And there's a whole other heap of potential security features that go along with that that I'll let Mike talk to you quickly. Exactly, Greg. So there's two quick security features that I'll reference. And the first is really the better embedded encryption that 5G offers compared to um, legacy technologies. And really this is the encryption of the subscriber identity. So every mobile device like your cell phone has a SIM card in it. And other connected devices also have these similar SIM cards. And on them, there's something that's called an international mobile subscriber identity. And that is your unique identifier throughout the communication channels. And while today there's ways to encrypt that or anonymize them, there are many ways to potentially capture those identities and be able to trace people or devices and their activity throughout a network. With 5G, the introduction of encrypting that subscriber identity on the SIM card becomes into reality, and it allows mutual authentication from the device and the network so that encryption is sort of done by design versus as a packet in transmission. So Greg mentioned the network virtualization or slicing, and this can lead to true micro-segmentation. A lot of best practices for security call for segmenting your networks versus protecting, if you will, the crown jewels or your most protective data and very isolated networks and having operational networks versus financial networks versus guest networks. And while you can do that today, the ability to do true micro-segmentation and really get down to almost every device has their own network or every collection of devices does isn't very practical. And with 5G, that becomes a reality. And that's also aided by the enhancements of infrastructure as code with being able to actually manage your network configurations as code repositories versus manual configurations of switches and whatnot. Well, there's no doubt that 5G will bring tremendous advantages, but let's pivot for a moment and talk about impact. Mike, I'm curious to know the impact of this, not just on patient care and the medical staff, but also talk to us about operational efficiency and cost. The impact of patient care, we've talked about quite a bit, but just to recap that, I think one of the most important benefits is this ubiquitous access to care. So getting care in formats that are more flexible to the patients. This could be in-home care, telemedicine, or just better ways of accessing wellness resources in and outside of a hospital. And it's really giving us further ability to 
extend that point of care beyond the physical doctor visit, as well as reaching lower population like rural areas that maybe don't have access to the same level of care as large cities do. So that's the first impact that I have from a patient perspective. And then Greg also mentioned you know, robotic surgery, and this is really opening the doors to new ways of delivering remote care. This could be accessing a world-class surgeon on the other side of the world who could view high-resolution data files like MRI scans in real time and be able to share their thoughts and opinions with local clinicians, or enabling with the ultra-low latency that 5G enables robotic surgery becomes an actual reality where, again, a surgeon could be in a remote location and assisting local clinicians with the surgery with real-time movements or even using VR solutions to have them assisting in the operating room while not actually physically being there. Today, while those are largely sci-fi topics, 5G in the future will provide us the bandwidth and the latency to make those things be a reality. And then finally, on operational efficiency and cost, 5G could be this accelerator or this catalyst for bridging the connected enterprise across the healthcare system. Think of like all the different red tape and jumps that data has to take between the front, middle, and back office today in our healthcare system. It's a well-known problem that there's a huge amount of cost and inefficiency with all the different functions that are involved. And at KPMG, we're believers in this connected enterprise where systems and data can move freely and reduce redundancy and reduce lag time. And again, you know, 5G can be a huge component of making that seamless transmission of data across an enterprise possible. Wonderful. Well, what type of partnerships or alliances might be involved in something like this? Greg, perhaps you could speak to that for us. Yeah, that's absolutely a great question. When we talk about LTE and 5G, these are very advanced networks. So a healthcare provider doing it all on their own is really just not a feasible option. Really to enable this type of technology across the healthcare or even in those pop-up situations and pop-up ICUs or even for first responders, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be involved in that ecosystem of the solution. So you have to think about the wireless network radio units that are going to come from your traditional hardware providers. There's a packet core that goes along with that, and that can be provided by those same providers. But there's also the cloud providers that have started moving into space. And then you move into more of the spectrum side of it. Everybody's seen those massive spectrum auctions be utilized for both consumer network as well as the enterprise network at hundreds of millions of dollars and in billions in some cases. Spectrums can be required to operate these networks. So you could get access from your traditional carriers, but there's also a whole carve out of spectrum called CBRS, which is the citizen band radio spectrum that's also available for enterprise to actually utilize. The licensing cost for those CBRS spectrum is a lot lower. You do run into some challenges when you start thinking about communications on the facility and then leaving the facility and how you would roam over into a, uh, a traditional carrier network. So it's quite complex when you start thinking about how the network but then also the operational component as well. A lot of healthcare providers, their IT shops, used to running wired and Wi-Fi networks. They would have to be retooled and trained up to operate these cellular-based networks as well. Or they can engage with a standalone network as a service provider or a private network operator. They're starting to pop up as well. So there's not one single provider that you can go to to obtain this solution. You're going to have to work with an ecosystem of partners to enable the technology. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I know it's always a point of interest to hear real-life examples of some of the connected technologies that you've talked about. Would either of you like to walk us through one? 
We've touched on a few of these emerging technologies that are going to be enabled already through this network or the private LTE slash 5G network. Mike talked a little bit about the AR, VR technologies and even the remote patient monitoring solution, which I fully agree, those are a little bit further out from a application standpoint. But uh, if I started thinking about within the hospital campus, I start thinking about autonomous hotel beds, be able to have that hotel bed or wheelchair actually navigate throughout the floor um, to get to the MRI or the x-ray room. All of that can be enabled, obviously not standalone from the private network. There needs to be sensors on the bed to make sure appropriately it doesn't run into other patients or care providers as it traverses through the building itself. But those are all technologies that are quickly emerging. And then you also think about as it relates to COVID, sanitization has become such a critical element in everything we're going to do in healthcare as well as in traditional enterprise life. And you start to see robots have been developed that are actually being deployed into healthcare facilities to automatically traverse throughout the facility, go into a vacant hospital room, and actually you know, run a, a UV scan. Um, you don't want to have to have somebody wheel that in every single time. So having the autonomous capability for that robot to move around on its own across that private network is really going to be critical to enabling some of those uh, more futuristic but in front of us type of technologies. Mike, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I'll just close with I think the benefits of private networks also come back to the data, right? And healthcare systems collect in a massive amounts of data, and they have great capabilities today. The technological advancements of the past decade are remarkable, and there's so much power that the systems have today, but that data is often isolated or disparate, and it's difficult to use in a real-time manner. So I believe that private networks and 5G could help introduce this ability for doctors to have real-time access to different data sources like patient vital signs, lab results, medical history, et cetera, and then take all that data combine it and put it through advanced clinical science techniques and data analytic algorithms and use those outputs to make more informed decisions on the patient intervention methods and care plans. And I think that's where we'll start to see a real increase in patient outcomes as the result of better access and more real-time capabilities around how data moves around a healthcare system. Well, as we've both shared today, one of the things that has stood out is the importance of collaboration. And this is obviously a profound opportunity for leaders in healthcare and manufacturing and wireless communications to connect, sure, but to also transform healthcare organizations. So Greg and Mike, thank you for making the time to join us today. And to our listeners, thank you for being with us. We'll look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now, What Next. In the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series, visit.kpmg.us slash COVID-19. Thank you so much.